Island Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. One of my heroes of the faith, one of my spiritual fathers, R.D.B. Schambach. I love Brother Schambach. And every time he had the opportunity to preach the gospel, he always made this statement. You don't have any troubles. All you need is faith in God. But he got that from a testimony of a man of a New York state. The man told Brother Schambach the story. He said, I was in the hospital. Give it up to die. A slim, slim chance to die. He said, I knew that I wouldn't make it through the night, according to the doctors. And the priest came in, the Catholic priest came in and said, my son, it'll be over soon. He laid hands upon him and he gave him the last rites. He said, it'll be over soon. He said, and that Catholic priest walked out of the door. And a moment later, another priest, the great high priest, came walking through the door. He walked over to his bedside and said, you don't have any troubles. All you need is faith in God. And immediately that man was healed by the power of Almighty God. Because what Jesus did, my friend, it's all about him. Hear me, you don't have any troubles. All you need is faith in God. Do you believe that? Come and shout amen. amen. Now, in just a few moments, we're going to receive communion together. You can call it communion. You can call it the Lord's Supper, the covenant meal, the meal that heals. It's all the same. It's talking about the mighty, mighty covenant. Now, I want you to notice several verses of Scripture, please. You can put them up, please. Would you turn, please, to the book of Genesis? The book of beginnings. Genesis chapter 14, verse 18. And before I read this first, let me say this. I now live in Salem, Virginia. Why did you say that? Well, listen to the verse. Genesis 14, verse 18, and Melchizedek, king of Salem. He used to be, I am now. You'll catch that later. <laughs> and Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the most high God which delivered thine enemies into thine hand and gave him tithe. Now what happened here? This, the first time we see communion being ministered unto, it was by Melchizedek. The king of Salem, the priest, he gave it unto Abram, later known as Abraham. And what's happening here, we see where there's a mighty covenant. And know this, my friend, we have a covenant with God. And every single time we receive the elements, let's just call it the covenant meal, every time we receive the holy elements of the covenant meal, we are being reminded of the covenant. And hear me, my friend, my God, your God said, I will never, never break my covenant with thee. He said in Psalms 89 verse 34, my covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that has gone from my lips. 
Will God keep his covenant a thousand times? Yes. How do you know that? Because the Bible tells us, for God is not a man that he shall lie. If he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, it will come to pass. If he said it, mark it, it's a done deal. And here we find where Abram was receiving of the covenant. And because he received that, Melchizedek said, you're blessed, you're a blessed man. And we can find out that Abram was a very, very blessed man. Does anybody believe he was blessed? Come on now. The Bible tells us, and Abram was rich. No, 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 no. The Bible says he was what? Very rich. Because he had a covenant with Almighty God. And my friends, you can mark it out. We also have a covenant with Almighty God. Come on, shout amen. Now, the apostle John wrote in 3 John, verse 2, he said, Beloved, how many of you are the beloved of the Lord? That's all of us. He said, Beloved, I wish, or in other words, I pray, I desire, I wish above all things that you would what? Prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Now, he was not just speaking some little nifty blessings over them. But I believe right here, John was speaking over the beloved, that's us, the three major parts of the covenant, the three major parts of redemption. Now, what are they? Redemption from spiritual death, redemption from sickness and disease, and redemption from poverty and lack. I would bet you what prosper. What is that? That's redemption from poverty and lack. Come on out. That you prosper and be in health. That's redemption from sickness and disease as thy soul, as a spiritual part of life, as we begin to prosper. That is part of the covenant. And my friend, we've got a covenant that cannot, never, never, never can be broken. Now, my sweetheart, myself, the love of my life, my soon to be wife for life. Let me get cranked up for a moment. Come on now. Now, we receive communion on a regular basis. Depends on my schedule, her schedule, but at least two, three times a week, sometimes four or five times a week, we receive communion every single day. Some people, some churches receive it once a month, some once a week, whatever. But the Bible says, as often as you receive this. And when I begin to receive the holy elements with my sweetheart. Sometimes I'll pray for both elements. Sometimes she will. Sometimes I'll pray for the cup. She prays with the bread. Sometimes she'll pray the bread up with the cup. Sometimes we'll kind of mix it up. But we're praying what? We're praying over what? Spiritual death. How many of we have been redeemed from spiritual death? Come on up. We have been born again. Oh, hallelujah. We're new creations in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. And guess what? And all things have become new. Ooh, aren't you glad of that? And we begin to thank God for what else? We thank God for his healing power. For healing, health, and physical restoration. Hallelujah. And we thank God, whoa, that we are blessed financially. Sometimes I'll just take my wallet out while I'm holding up the elements and I just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And I want to, I'm reminding God of the covenant when I'm partaking of communion, the holy elements of the covenant meal. I'm thanking God for what he has done for you and what he has done for me. 
And how many of he's done a good job? Come on, shout amen. Because Jesus said, I didn't say it, he said it in John 15, verse 30. He said, it is finished. He didn't say, I'm finished. He said, it is finished. Come on now. I'm talking about the finished work of Jesus. The first recorded words of Jesus. And Luke 2, 49, Jesus said, wish you not that it must be about my father's business. Uh, the last words he said, what? It is finished. How many know he finished the work his father sent him to do? Come on now. And what was that? It was to go forth and pay the price for us. That we could have a new covenant, a better covenant, which is established upon better promises. Come on, shout amen. amen. Thank God for the covenant meal. Hallelujah. Would you turn please to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12, verse 13. Here we find the people of God on the Passover night. They're partaking of the covenant meal. Exodus chapter 12, verse 13. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. Notice this, please. I love this. And when I see your good works, when I see you jumping and shouting and running the owls, no. When I see what? The blood. Come on, shout the blood. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Come on. He said, when I see the blood. Come on, say that. When I see the blood. Come on, say it again. When I see the blood. You see, they were partaking of the covenant meal, that Passover night. They were partaking of it. And the Lord said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Know what happens at Passover. When we begin to honor Passover, what happened? The walls of Jericho came tumbling down. It happened at Passover. Gideon and his 300, they defeated the Midianites. It happened at Passover. The handwriting of a judgment came against Belshazzar and all of Babylon. It happened at Passover. And when you begin to honor the blood, when you begin to honor the covenant meal, when you begin to honor what he's done for us, guess what? He said, but I see the blood, I will pass over you. What passed over? Death, destruction, devastation, damnation. Come on now. And God is saying the same thing. When you begin to honor the Passover, when you begin to honor the covenant meal, when you begin to honor the bread and the cup. Guess what? He said, I will pass, I will pass, I will pass over you. Come on, shout. Are you ready for more and more and more? Hallelujah. Woo, glory. I feel the Holy Ghost shout coming on, church. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Would you turn, please, to 1 Corinthians? I'm sorry, Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, beginning with verse number 30. Here we find where Jesus had been walking down the road, the Emmaus Road, with two disciples. Verse 30, Luke 24, verse 30. And it came to pass, as Jesus said it me with them, he took the bread and blessed it. And break it and gave to them. And their eyes were open. Church, I got a word for you. When you begin to perceive this time together, this covenant meal, these holy elements, 
You receive it afresh. Don't go through the motions. Don't take it lightly. Don't take it glibly. Don't take it conventionally, but when you begin to take it, God, more and more, guess what? Guess what's going to happen? Oh, beloved, guess what? The Bible says, and their eyes were opened. Your eyes will be opened. Their eyes were opened. And they knew him, and they vanished out of their sight. They said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them. Say, the Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to us. Notice this, please. And they told what things were done in the way. Here it is. And how he was known of them and the breaking of the bread. He was known to them in the breaking of the bread. And church, when you begin to come, say, Lord, I'm receiving this holy time, these holy elements. I believe you begin to know him in a greater way. Fresh revelation. Fresh revelation. Come on, shout amen. Fresh revelation. One more portion of scripture that I'm going to preach a while. Turn to please to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning by verse 23. The Apostle Paul said, For I have received of the Lord that which also I have delivered unto you, that the, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given, given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. When he had saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do so. You show the Lord's death till he come. Now here is the pattern we're to follow. We're to take the bread. We're to take the cup. But how many of the bread and the cup speaks of so many things? Come on, shout amen. Many times I call it the cup of the but from time to time I also call it the meal that heals. I heard a lady give the testimony some time back. She said her father was a strong, strong Christian, a mighty spiritual warrior in the kingdom. But he was up at age, 85 years of age. And over a short period of time, several months, he was attacked in his body. And he had four major issues in this short period of time. First of all, he had several blood clots in and around his heart. On top of that, he had bladder cancer. On top of that, he had, had spinal surgery. On top of that, he had prostate cancer. He was having gone through these four issues. And here was 85 years of age. He'd always been a strong, robust man, strong, muscular. But now he was at the age his body was so weakened. And the doctor said, there's nothing we can do. They said, he's only got a 5% chance of living. His kidneys quit functioning. His body began to bloom up. He could not take any more liquids in his body. But his daughter knew that he believed the word of God. He could barely talk, could barely, could barely function. And she said, Dad, do you believe there's still power in the covenant meal? 
Do you believe there's still power in communion? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I do. He can barely talk, just barely hang on. Slim chance of living. The doctor said he can be dead before the morning comes. And so what his daughter did was this. She took a cotton ball and put grape juice on it and just rubbed it on his lips and took a few crumbs from the bread and sprinkled it upon his lips. He could not have the whole thing. But as soon as he did that, almost immediately something happened. Why? Because there's power, there's power, there's power. There's wonder-working power. Oh, hallelujah! It's the meal that heals. And she said, all of a sudden, my father's countenance began to change. Woo! He perked up. He could bear it. But all of a sudden, he begins to speak fluently. They said he'll be dead before the morning comes. But guess what? When the morning came, he was completely made whole. Come on, shout. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've got a good friend of mine. He's with the Lord now. But back in the early 70s, my friend, Pastor Jack Fowler, pastor in Mobile, Alabama, part of his heart was dead. He was barely hanging on. The doctor said, Jack, you can't exert yourself in any way. You cannot preach again because the exertion of you preaching will kill you. He goes home that day, and Jack was a mighty man of God, but he'd been attacked in his heart. He said, Lord, what do I do? You heard what the doctor said. You heard what the medical profession has said, that I can't make it. God said, but Jack, I never said that. I said, by the stripes of my son, you were healed. I believe that, Lord. But Jack, what I want you to do is I want you to take communion every day and every night for 30 days. Do what? He said, every day and every night for 30 days. So Jack said, well, that's, Lord, that's ridiculous. We take communion once a month. But I want you to take communion every day and every night for 30 days. It may seem ridiculous at times, but if you're willing to do the seemingly ridiculous, guess what? He's ready to do the supernatural. Come on now. So Jack began to take communion, the covenant meal, the Lord's Supper, the meal of the hills, every morning and every night. The first morning he took it, nothing happened. The first night, nothing happened. The second day, the third day, the fourth day, the fifth, nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. All the way down, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. That morning he took it. That night he took it. He thought he would have a supernatural manifestation that night. But it didn't happen. But when Jack woke up the next morning, guess what? Woo! He was a new man. Come on, shout amen. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. He had a new heart. Come on, shout amen. Woo. Can I take a rabbit trail for just one moment before we pray? In 2008, I was going to have heart surgery, triple bypass. I'm a walking miracle. Come on, I've had heart attacks. I've had heart attacks. I've got eight stents. I've had triple bypass surgery. I've had this and this and this and this and this. Did anybody ever see the movie, you know, uh, Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze? Come on, raise your hands up high. Come on. 
Remember the scene when he was in the hospital? He had his briefs on, he had his records with him, and the, the nurse looked at him with all the scars, scars here, scars, 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 everywhere. Remember that scene? Come on now. Well, when I was getting ready for surgery right before that, I was having a physical, and the nurse looked at me, she said, my God, son, you look like Patrick Swayze, Joe Roadhouse, come on now. <laughs> but here was the morning I was to go in and for triple bypass surgery. I was sitting on the edge of my bed. I had to be in the hospital at 5 o'clock in the morning. I was sitting on the edge of my bed, and I, my wife was in there putting on her makeup. I said, babe, we've got to hurry. She said, I'm not going anywhere until I get my makeup on like a woman. And I said, Lord, I said, I know you're the healer. You're Jehovah Rapha. Lord, I believe I'm a healer. Somebody needs this. But Lord, is it going to be okay? Lord, I believe it is, but Lord, I need a word from you. I need a word from you. And the Lord said, Psalms 57 verse 7. I'd read that before, but I didn't know what it was. I couldn't recall what Psalms 57 verse 7 was. And so I reached over and grabbed my Bible off the nightstand, pulled it over, and it fell open. Guess what it fell open to? Psalms 57 verse 7. I looked down, it reads like this. My heart is fixed, oh God, and my heart is fixed. I said, I'll take that. Come on, hallelujah. <laughs> Later on that night, the doctor, he walked in the room. I've been knocked out all day. They have some good drugs, good drugs. <laughs> I thought, I was out all day. My kids came in, my wife came in, people came in, my pastor came in. I was just, I thought, but all of a sudden, the doctor, the cardio surgeon walked in the room. Why? Well, I said, as soon as he walked in, you perked up. Why? It was God. He looked at me and said, well, Mr. Johnson, all I can say is this. He didn't know he was quoting scripture. All I can say is this. Your heart is fixed. Your heart is fixed. Come on, shout in. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah! But just like God did it for Pastor Jack Fowler, as he received, oh, glory to God, communion every morning, Randy, every night, when he woke up that morning, after that for 30 days and 30 nights, Pastor Jack was completely made whole. Come on. He lived probably another 30 years after that. Hallelujah. Why? Because it's the meal that heals. And we're going to receive here in just a moment. I want you to grab your elements, church, if you would. I want you to grab those holy elements. If you're here tonight and you don't have the elements, would you raise your hands? Anybody? Does anybody need to receive the elements? You don't have them. The bread and the cup. Anybody? Anybody? Anybody else? Receive it now. Oh, God is good. Before we receive, let's just, let's just lift our voices on high and just praise them one more time, church. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Why don't you begin to thank him that you're not the same as you used to be? Oh, hallelujah. Our used to be's are all gone now. They're buried very deep. They're underneath the precious blood that flowed from Calvary. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I 
I want you to take the bread and just kind of hold it up if you would. Hold it up high. Heavenly Father, we come together tonight to receive these holy elements. We're so thankful that you've bid us to come to your table to receive. Father God, as we hold the bread up high in our hands. We're holding it up high in our hearts. And we're saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you gave your only begotten Son for us. That we can be part of the forever family of God. We've been redeemed from the curse. We're so thankful. We're so thankful, Lord Jesus, that you laid down your life for us. You paid the price for us. As your servant Isaiah said, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we're healed. Lord Jesus, you paid the price. You willingly laid down your life. No man took your life, but you willingly laid it down for us. Your body was beaten, it was marred beyond recognition. You pay the price that we can partake of every blessing, every benefit in the book, every covenant blessing, every covenant benefit. But Father, there's so many things we're so thankful for. We're so thankful through the finished work of your son, Jesus. We're redeemed from spiritual death. We're redeemed from poverty and lack, but also because of the body of Jesus, our Lord was beaten, the stripes upon his back. We have been redeemed, redeemed from sickness and disease. And Father God, right now, I boldly declare healing and health and physical restoration over every person that is here. And we receive the bread now together in the name of Jesus. Let's receive it, church. Receive it. Hallelujah. 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 Let's praise him again, church. Thank you, Lord. Where would I be? Where would we be if it had not been for the Lord on our side? We'd be lost and undone. Thank you, Lord. You paid the price, Lord Jesus. You paid the price. And Father God, right now, we take the cup. Father, I hold the cup high in my hand, but Lord, as I say so often as I receive this, Father, I say I hold it high in my heart, and I'm so thankful because this is the cup of salvation. It's the cup of redemption. It's the Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The cup speaks of the precious blood of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb without spot or blemish, the blood of Emmanuel. We're so thankful because of the blood. We have been washed. We've been cleansed. We've been purged. We've been sanctified because of the blood. Because of this blood, we've got a blood covenant with Almighty God. 
for the great I am that I am. And Father God, I thank you that the blood it is washed us clean. Right now we examine ourselves, we consider our ways before we receive this cup together. Father, there are things in our life that ought not be. Father, wash us afresh. As the Apostle John said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Father God, thank you for your cleansing power. Thank you, Lord, that you've washed us clean. The blood still continues on. It's the ongoing work of transformation. And we know, Father, the blood will never lose its power. In days to come, we thank you, Lord. Yes, for the bread. And now together, we thank you for the cup. We receive the cup now together in the precious name of Jesus. Receive it, church. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Now, maybe you've never done this before. Now, this is not for everybody. But why don't some of you, as husband and wife, a husband and wife to be, or maybe as a family, why don't you start having, once again, family time, family altar? For the most part, the body of Christ has done away with that. Let's get back to it. And want you as a family, maybe as husband and wife, start having communion together. Now what happens? Like the spokes of a wheel. When the spokes of a wheel get closer and closer to the center, what happens? It's the same with a man and wife, a family. We're apart, but the closer we get to the center, the closer we come together. And I want to say this, thank God, thank God. Can somebody shout amen? amen? One more time, raise your hands up high and say, thank you, Lord. Receive your healing now. 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 Receive your healing. Hallelujah. From the top of your head to the soles to the tip of your toes. Right now, reach out by faith and lay hold of what's purchased for you. Hallelujah. Receive your healing. Receive your healing, receive your healing. And out of that, but because of the covenant, the blood covenant, because of this, reach out and say, Lord, I lay hold of abundant prosperity. I lay hold of divine increase. I lay hold of what you have in store for me. Woo! Hallelujah. He said, well, Jesus said, the poor you have with you always. Yes, he said that. But you don't have to be one of them. Come on now. <laughs> because of the covenant. Woo! Can somebody shout amen? Oh, God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. And it's mercy and do it forever. How many just give me five more minutes? Let me see your hands. Five, 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 ten, 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 ten. Boy, you're generous tonight. Amen. I said this before, I shared it. How many appreciate Brother Frank? Come on, you shout amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. And all the praise team, all the workers.
But I'll never forget, I traveled to my first place of ministry outside of the country in 1974. I was four years old. No, just kidding. I was 22. I'll be turning 70 in a few weeks. I don't feel like it, but I feel good, though. But I went on my first missions trip to the Dominican Republic, the Republic of Dominicana. I'd have sent you some pictures of what it looked like then. Long hair, plaid, bell-bottom pants and sandals. Come on now. And skinny as a rail. But I had a burning fire shut up within my bones. Come on now. I went there with five other, I'm sorry, four other single evangelists, five of us. I went there for two weeks. But God changed my plans. Has God ever changed your plans? I went there for two weeks and I stayed for 10 months. Come on now. I could do that back in those days. You know why? I was single. Didn't have a wife, so I had no bills. Come on now, say amen. And God blessed us. And in that 10 month period of time I was there, God helped us, the five evangelists. We take turns preaching every night. Sometimes, every night, whatever. And God helped us. We established five churches. In Boca Chica, that's near the airport there, Boca Chica, and Costanza, and Nagua, and Puerto Plata, and in San Pedro de Macaris. I never forget we preached there in San Pedro de Macaris. One businessman is also a pastor, Brother Ogin. He gave us the use of a truck, a big old truck, and had these giant speakers there. He were these young gringos, you know, 22, 23, 24 years old. Yeah, well, how's the book? And we preached in San Pedro de Macaris for about three weeks. And a young minister from the Bible college came in to start pastoring the church. About 200 people started the church with from that meeting. Years later, that was a great baseball player. Some of you may remember his name, Sammy Sosa. Remember that? He said, I remember our family was Catholic. But I remember years ago, 1974, a bunch of young American preachers came with a flatbed truck. Whoa, could it be? Come on out. He just sent an offering. Come on out. Hallelujah. But since that time, God has blessed me, and I've been to a number of nations, Canada, Mexico, Hey, the Dominican Republic, India, China, Japan, here and there. And I've got a desire to go more and more. But how many of this coronavirus has kind of slowed us down by that? Come on now. I was talking to a friend of mine today from Waco, Pastor Jeremy, Brother Jeremy Laborde. He just came back from Kenya. He said, Dan, I want you to go with me to Kenya. I've got invitations. But I got some things to go. We plan to go back into the countries. We'll be sticking back into Haiti. We can't fly in right now because of all the garbage and junk in Haiti. But we're going into the Dominican Republic and cross over into Haiti. Why are you going to places like that? Why do I go to places like Calcutta, India, which is known as the hell hole of the earth, the world's largest slum, the disease capital of the world? Why do I go to places like Port-au-Prince, Haiti, the poorest city in the Western Hemisphere? I don't go there to vacation. I don't go there to sightsee. 
If I'm on a vacation, I go somewhere else. If I'm on a side I go elsewhere. I go to South Padre Island. I go to Maui. I go to Branson. I go to Pigeon Forge. That's Pigeon Forge. <laughs> but why do I go to a place like this? Because beyond these walls, there's a world that's doomed and damned and going to hell. I don't know what's going to open up. We're trying to see things over. We're, we are sleeping in Haiti. The last time I got to go there, I was supposed to go there last year. Had a great time set up. But a couple of days before we were to go in, the president of Haiti got assassinated. And all the gangs, all the murders, all the kidnappings taking place. We can't go in. But now a missionary, he has on his truck at all times four armed guards on his pickup truck. Come on out. Oh, come on, somebody. <laughs> He's got that. I got the angels on my side, too. Hallelujah. But the last time I was there in Haiti, we don't have all the things worked out what we're going to do. But the last time I was in Haiti, we were in five different cities. We fed over 30,000 people. It was over 3,000 of it was saved when I was there. I don't know how it's going to be because we got to go through this coronavirus devils. Come on now. But I tell you before, this coronavirus, it's not going to last long. How many know that? It won't. It won't. Because I tell you, anything that's made in China doesn't last long. Come on now. <laughs> you liked that, didn't you? <laughs> but I've got invitations to go. And the Lord willing, the Lord begins to open up the doors. I want to go. I was talking to Brother Allen about going to where I love. If God opens the door, I'd love to go there. This place and this place. Because what he's done for me. What he's done for me. Why would you go forth? Because what he did for me. Many of you know my story. About two weeks, it'll be 50 years ago, I was lost and undone. I weighed about 110 pounds. I let three miles of bombed out runway. I've been arrested 45 times, different misdemeanors and felonies from the time that I was nine to the time I was 20. My life was a mess. And out of juvenile centers, detention centers, reformer schools, city jails, county jails, state penitentiary twice. My life was nothing. I was bound by alcoholism and drug addiction. I was worse than that. I was worse than that. I was a registered Democrat. Come on now. <laughs> Lighten up. Come on now. <laughs> but my life was a mess. My mind was so burnt out. I couldn't talk right. I was a walking idiot. I was like, yeah, wow, heavy, yeah. That's about like I said, drooling. I was an idiot. But I was not just a regular idiot. I was a mean, nasty, filthy, perverted, raunchy, corrupt, vile, sinister. Those were my good points. <laughs> but Jesus reached out and got a hold of my life. He reached out on a Sunday night, March the 5th, 1972. He washed away the sin of my life. I'm a new creation. 
I'm a new creation. This same night, I was bound by alcohol, whatever, everything. I was bound by drugs where I could smoke, snort, take orally, shoot intravenously. I was doing it. But he instantly set me free. <laughs> and that night that he washed away the sin and set me free of sickness, disease. Hallelujah. He healed my body, healed my body, healed my body, healed my body. And two days later, I went back to prison, went back to prison. I could have had 40 years, 40 years. But God worked some miracles. When I was there in prison, what happened? I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. The same day as baptized in the Holy Ghost, April the 2nd, 1972, I went back to the cell block, sitting in that cell block on that bunk. I said, Lord, in one month, you washed me clean of all my sins. You set me free from every habit, every chain, every bond. You healed my body. You filled me with the Holy Ghost. You healed my mind because for one month, I read the Word of God. I read the New Testament through five times. My mind was burnt out and sizzled. He supernaturally healed my mind. Sitting there, I said, Lord, you've been so good to me. What would you have me do for you? He says, son, I'll call you to preach my gospel, to take my gospel from coast to coast and around the world. And church, in just a moment, Brother Roland's going to come and give an opportunity to do that. I've got no sad stories because I've got a faithful God. But I remember the very last time I saw the late, great Pastor John Osteen. My flight was going to be delayed by about three hours this years ago. And so I went by the old Equity Church to get out of my car, and all of a sudden, Brother Osteen got out of his car next to me. Woo! I never made it inside this church. We just stood there and talked for about 45 minutes or so. And I said, now this is the old sanctuary that would seat 8,200. That's still a nice size place. I said, Brother Osteen, this is beautiful. He said, and it's all paid for. It's all paid for. I mean, he was getting excited. Well, he didn't say it like that. He was like, that. He, he, he said, it's all paid for. Yes. He said, we did it through missions. Missions, missions, missions. We talked a little bit longer. I'll get ready to go, but those things said this. I've got it marked down in my Bible. When somebody like that speaks, you remember what they said. Come on now. I was going to leave, getting ready to head out. Hallelujah. What's that name right there, Brother Roland? Oh, Lord. Okay. Brandy, she could <laughs> heal those eyes, Lord. John Osteen. The last thing he said to me, I never saw him again. The last thing Brother Osteen said to me was this. I wrote it down. I've rewritten it in every Bible I've had since then. He said, Danny, never, never forget. So what's up? He said, God will always. Everybody shout always. always. God will always abundantly bless those who will give in obedience to mission. I was on a mission trip a number of years ago. I was in Kalamazoo, Michigan. I said, obey the Lord. Give your very, very best. There's a man there by the name of Jim. And Jim, I saw him pull out his checkbook. He wrote a check out to give him. The pastor was getting ready to come. I said, folks, I said, if you didn't do what God told you to do, 
Maybe you need to tear that check up and just obey God. And I have a look over and Jim ripped that check up. I said, my God is getting cheated out of a blessing. But he pulled out the checkbook and wrote another check. I found out later what happened. Brother Ali Delaman, the pastor, told me. He said he was going to write a check for $1,000. But God said, don't do that. I want you to write out a check for 5000 But Lord, I need that. I need that. He says, do you trust me? Yes, Lord. So he tore that first check up, wrote a check for $5,000. The next day, Jim had a contract. He got, he got a contract. His company got the, got the contract. And from that contract, in one year's time, from that contract alone, he made over $3 million. Come on, shout amen. But Jim told Brother Delaba, he says, I look back. When I got that contract, he said the word solely says, son, because you gave abundantly to missions. Now I'm abundantly going to bless you. And I'll say this in a moment as Brother Roland comes. God says, son, I'm going to go from coast to coast and around the world. All I ask is this, would you help me go? And whatever you would give, I say, God bless you. Thank you so much. I believe this with all my heart, that if you'll give your very, very best offering, you possibly give. I give the very best you've ever given, you've ever given. I believe like Brother John Oakstein says, God will always abundantly bless those who will give and obedience. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.